Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden talked about his long history with Breyer. We were joking with one another when he walked in. Did we ever think that he would have served decades on the court and I'd be president of the United States on the day he came in and retired? I, uh, and he looked at it. Anyway, I won't tell you what he said. I'm joking. <laughs> he, hit the, he hit the best part of every joke. Extra words, no energy, and explaining that it's a joke. <laughs> well, and... Wow. And that's not something to point out. The biggest knock on you is your age and the fact that your mind is drifting. Pointing out that you were there for the nomination hearing and now our president, when the guy is retiring because he thinks he's too old to do the job anymore. Mm, What are you driving at? (laughs) Biden had been a senator for two decades when he sat on the committee that got Breyer through no. as a nominee back in the 90s? Yes. Not a no. joke. Yes, Biden's been a senator since the early 70s. It was the early 90s that Breyer was nominated. So Biden was a senior senator when Breyer went through the nomination process. Wow. Now the guy's in his 80s and leaving, and Biden is still in office. And Joe Biden haltingly babbles out a bunch of circular nonsense <laughs> and finally says, never mind. I, I don't know. It's a anymore. joke. Hmm? It's a joke. <laughs> Huh? Wow. Wow. Two years in a day. It's got to be. It's got to be. We're halfway there. Mm. So a couple of ongoing stories. And we have a problem. Not Jack and I. Not you and I. Just we as a society have a problem. No, I got lots of problems. I don't know what you're focusing on. (laughs) I'm I'm about to name it. Uh, We are so inundated with input and clickbait and sensationalism and hyperbole, I think a lot of us, or we as a society, have lost the ability to hang with something for more than a blink of an eye, maybe a week. Any story that's more than a week old seems like, why are you talking about this? Hitler overran Europe. It's 1942. We have other things to worry about. You know, it's here today, gone today, as Chris Rock famously characterized it. So here are a couple of stories that, believe it or not, are ongoing. There are still developments happening, and they still matter. Number one, the John Durham probe, the probe of the true Russian collusion, which was Hillary Clinton's campaign hiring Christopher Steele and colluding with Russian intelligence agencies to discredit Don Trump. Well, old special counsel John Durham is still at it and still doing work. There have been a couple of indictments, which you've heard about, which have been called by the uh, the Hillary side, a big nothing, a technical violation, that sort of thing. Uh, but they are nowhere near done. They are continuing to bring people in, question them, produce reports, and it seems like they are systematically working their way up the chain the way law enforcement does, where you get the little guy to flip, then you get the next guy to flip, then you get the next guy to flip as you pursue higher and higher uh, uh, quarry, higher and higher uh, uh, prey, if you will. And uh, there are more and more people being called in front of the uh, the grand jury. Well, I would so, like it if something came out of this, and I think something should come out of this, but I, if I had to bet money, I wouldn't think it does. Just There have been so many of these investigations in my adult lifetime, and they just kind of peter out. And I don't know if it's just the forces of the, the, the eternal forces of D.C. 
and the switching back and forth of who's... I don't know what happens, but they just go away. And nobody's ever a, held to account for anything. You bring up an interesting point in that so many of the players here are permanent uh, L.A. Uh, I'm sorry, not L.A., uh, D.C. swamp creatures, and that uh, they they brand themselves uh, conservatives or liberals, Republican, Democrat, whatever, but what they are is the permanent bureaucracy, and they are not anxious to you know blow the whistle on each other. Speaking of which... The other ongoing deal I wanted to bring to your attention, because it is actually ongoing, is the whole Hunter Biden business dealing thing. Now, Peter Schweitzer, who wrote the Clinton cash books and he's hated on the left, he's lionized on the right. He is usually pretty damned accurate. He has a major piece in the New York Post today about further revelations from the, in, the enormous trove of uh, Hunter Biden emails. The headline is Chinese elite have paid some $31 million to Hunter and the Bidens. Hunter, you're a loser. Well, he's not that big a loser, Mr. President. He's made more money than I'll ever dream of in my life. And they go into specific detail, the names of the companies, the amounts of the investments, the people involved, the email trails, etc. And frequently, these people's connections to uh, Chinese intelligence. And it'll be interesting to see if this goes anywhere. Specific quotes from from the emails in the New York Post, which I remind you ran the laptop story, which all of Washington came together with big tech to say is is garbage. It's false. And then it turned out to be absolutely down the middle, true on all points. And this guy is laying it out, man. These big money deals with Chinese uh I don't want to say intelligence agents. Some of them are uh, former intelligence agents or married to intelligence agents or what. But some of these intelligence agents were specifically in charge of recruiting foreigners. So where this goes, we shall see more details a little bit later on in the show. But uh, it, it looks big. We'll see. We are bad people if we don't report the good economic news when we report the bad economic news. And there was some good economic news yesterday that uh, the gross domestic product, the GDP in America, increased at an annual rate of 6.9% in the fourth quarter of 2021 and 5.7% in 2021 as a whole, which blew past most analysts' expectations. It's the fastest year-over-year growth since 1984. And you're, you're talking about how 21 grew over 2020, the biggest shutdown in the history of capitalism. You got to take that into account. I mean, it's good it did bounce back. Sure. If it didn't bounce back, that would be a serious problem. But yeah, it's like, you know, Obama created more jobs after the 08 crash. You know, well, of course he did. Yeah. And, and presidents don't create jobs, by the way. I'm fully aware of that. It's the first time in 25 years that we grew faster than China, though, which is interesting. Um, I have a uh, transgender swimmer uh, uh, update that we can get to later. The uh, the the big one from uh, yeah. Pennsylvania. Ah, okay. Yep. Denmark is about to end most COVID restrictions and welcome the life we knew before. So a number of countries have done this: Britain, Ireland, uh, some others, and now Denmark announcing it that we're saying goodbye to the restrictions and welcoming back life. As of February first, Denmark will be open. And they're talking masks and any business restrictions and all sorts of stuff going away. Correct me if I'm wrong. We're the only country on Earth sending little kids to school in masks. I believe so. I believe so. Just to stick it to Trump. What? Yeah. So even if you're of the um, 
more cautious end of the COVID thing. Even the WHO says six and up. Why are we making kindergartners wear masks or anybody over the age of two on a plane? They're not even doing that. Even the WHO doesn't. And all your European countries don't do that. I mean, that's come on. It's become a quasi-religious thing, and you can't argue against religion with with logic. It just doesn't it just doesn't apply. And actually, I've got some really good uh, recordings, uh, tapes, uh, what do you call it, clips from school board meetings. People lay in the wood and or the school boards showing their true colors. And uh, I believe that a lot of this is laying the groundwork for us to accept more collectivism, more socialism, more quietly doing as we're told-ism. I don't know if it was, a lot of people think that was deliberate from the beginning. I don't. I just think it's kind of a handy side effect of the fact that we're all shuffling along in our lines, obeying the nonsensical edicts of our overlords, and anybody who dares question them is banned from Twitter, for instance. They're going to break 50-year weather records in Florida with lows in the high 20s all over the state. Nice job, DeSantis! Um, but uh, <laughs> going to be 27 degrees, for instance, in Lakeland. Which would break a fifty-year-old record? It's clearly global warming. Uh-huh. You got the the chili iguanas falling out of trees. Run for your lives! And I came across this. We told you the story yesterday of uh, this judge in the Seattle area who's uh, well known for being super lenient on uh, criminals. A guy stole a seventy-inch, attempted to steal a seventy-inch TV from the Target. Ended up fighting the security guard. Turns out he's been arrested for this sort of thing 30-some times throughout his life. Uh, got out immediately. Judge uh, just waved bail and let him out immediately. And somebody sent along this bumper sticker seen on a car in Seattle. Honk if you think the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> what? It's a little dry. Is that a joke, or is that, is that a crowd that's here? Well, if, if you've never been to the Anarchist Bookstore there by Pike's uh, Pike's uh, Market there, it's it's worth attending, and there's, there's enough people to keep that bookstore open that feel that way. I assume that was a very, very dry joke. I Well, if you have you ever it's been to that bookstore? It's on the bumper of a car. That bookstore is full of books and bumper stickers and T-shirts that say that sort of thing for real. But it's an automobile. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Honk if you. <laughs> okay, so maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is dry know. humor. But how, well, that's the difficulty of these days. <laughs> you can't tell what's parody and what is dead serious and being taught to your college students. So the school board thing—that's uh, good. I haven't heard that. Oh yeah, it, well it's good. And and I came across a Brit, uh, a British editorial about how so much of what's going on during the COVID thing is conditioning us for the growth of of socialism. And I thought, wow, what a what a great insight. So I'll share that with you in a bit too. So apparently that swimmer's letting it all hang out in the locker room, and that has caused a bit of a problem. So. Oh boy. Oh, man, I'm getting news alerts like crazy, Jack. I don't know if you are. Apparently, Joe Biden's heading to Pittsburgh to talk about infrastructure, and a bridge just collapsed yeah. in Pittsburgh. That's unfortunate. Uh, did they, like, set off the explosive charges early, or what? Was that going to be part of, we need better kind of health care and, and, and infrastructure help? Look at that bridge. It looks shaky to me. I said it looks shaky to me. Then it just collapses. <laughs> I just think the charges went off. That'd be a heck of a thing. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. We heard that Heidi Klum got her legs insured, and there was some rumor on the internet that you have a famous body, body part, part or, part, or <laughs> parts that are also insured. Well, it's not true about that. Years ago, Betty Grable was famous also for her legs, and at that time, I said, well, maybe I should get my boobs insured <laughs> since I'm famous for them, but it was just a joke. I didn't do that. And by the way, you can get new boobs, but you can't get new legs. <laughs> You know, uh, Dolly Parton is a, a brilliant songwriter, a fabulous musician, Musician seems like a wonderful person, but anybody who's still amused talking about her breasts at this point in our nation's history, I just, I don't know. You're easily amused, I guess. You left out her probably greatest talent as businesswoman. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that too. That too. Uh, actually, I, I read an interview with her, oddly enough, yesterday in which uh, she was discussing uh, the song Jolene, which is uh, devastating. It's a wonderful song about uh, a friend of the singer who is so beautiful and charming she can just steal any man she wants and the singer is begging him her not to steal her man just because you can exactly and uh, and dolly said she, it was the song was based on a real woman and she ran into her not too long ago and she said uh, and and obviously everybody concerned as well into their seven is she said she was as broad as a barn <laughs> So I guess that's my revenge. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Even in your 70s, still worth commenting on. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> that's fantastic. Time is undefeated. Uh, so the, the, the UPenn swimmer we've been talking a lot about, right? Leah Thomas? Mm-hmm. Uh, Solid male swimmer until a cup of coffee ago. Now whooping up on all the girls in the pool. Leah Thomas's UPenn swim teammates tell how the trans swimmer doesn't always cover up her male genitals when changing in the locker room and have taken their concerns to the coach. Um, wow. That's funny. Wow. We'd had these discussions recently about the whole locker room thing, and I had learned, I didn't know this, that... Uh, Young people, the idea of like being naked and around everybody else is just something that doesn't happen. Uh, I didn't know that when I was when Joe and I were younger. It's just as part of gym class every single day. Every boy in the room was naked at the same time, changing clothes. It's just the way it was. But nobody does that anymore, I guess. But this uh, woman does. I didn't realize she still had a penis. It's definitely awkward because Leah has male body parts and is still attracted to women, as she has pointed out. What? What? Okay. She stated that the team members have raised their concern with the coach trying to get Thomas ousted from the female locker room but got nowhere. It's really upsetting because Leah doesn't seem to care how it makes everyone else feel. The 35 us are just supposed to accept being uncomfortable in our own space and locker room for the for her feelings, I guess. Right, exactly. So if she's walking around... Uh, Alex used a not charming expression for walking around naked as a man that I won't use on the air, but it would be fairly descriptive as to what is happening there. Um, If she's walking around like that and has stated that she's attracted to women, I could see how that would make you uncomfortable. I think it is bizarre and inexplicable that uh, University of Pennsylvania has pursued the policies they have. I think the vast, vast majority of sane Americans would uh, go the other way. Well, I'm 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 downplaying it too much. I'm trying to think if I had a daughter, like a high school daughter, and there was a 
now woman, but still has a penis. And, and what has, does now woman mean? And has stated specifically that they're attracted to women. I think, I don't want you. Is that not cool? No. No, of course not. I strongly suspect everybody's going to be fine. The bigger problem is the uh, the perversion of women's sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, that's the big issue. Yeah. But, the locker room uh, stuff will get worked out. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but still, that's that. Uh, why are the ladies asked to put up with that? That's just crazy. Out of uh, fairness, being nice, being loving, I guess. You know, there's uh, another story I was kind of thinking of doing now, but I don't think we have time. But uh, L.A. District Attorney George Gascon, weirdly Eastern European Kermit the Frog-voiced Marxist, um, is facing harsh criticism after uh, sentencing a child rapist to practically nothing. The child rapist in question happens to be transgender. I don't know if that's tangential to the story or even significant at all. We can talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, boy, the whole... You think that doesn't play a role in Gascon's decision? Come yeah, on. I was just trying to find an artful way to put it. But, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Schools and socialism. What's the tie-in? It's, it's uh, pretty interesting. Stay with us if you can. Armstrong and Getty. Let's go, Brandon. Oh, that's a euphemism for an obscene phrase. If you haven't listened to the whole new Kid Rock song, you should check it out. Whether you're into the politics of it or just the musicality of it, it's worth checking out. It's unique. Uh, coming up, continues to get worse for males in college, the, the ratio between women and men. Um... A, a poll on the way vaccinated Americans see unvaccinated and vice versa, and it's quite different. And I wonder why that is. Huh. Stay here. All right, will do. So the debate over why the authorities are so enthusiastic about uh, you know enforcing their often contradictory, idiotic uh, COVID rules uh, has been going on since nearly the beginning of the thing. And it's hard to say how much is deliberate and how much is just a reflection of human nature. You give somebody authority and, and they want more and then they exercise it badly because humans always do. Um, or whether, you know, some of you believe it was a plot from the beginning to install something or other. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know about that, but I absolutely think COVID is helping us along the road to, uh, an Orwellian sheep-like existence couple of examples for you, and then a wonderful editorial I came across by a Brit who's talking about Great Britain so we can forget about freaking Trump and then Fauci and the rest of it. He's just talking about Britain. But first of all, a couple of uh, tapes, a couple of clips from school board meetings recently. See how communist, socialist, these interchanges seem to you. One of the main themes being... Nobody cares whether you think it makes sense. You will shut up and you will obey. Uh, clip 91 first, Michael. This is a mom in the oft-discussed Fairfax County, Virginia school uh, board meeting. Across Virginia right now, adults are gathering in gyms, bars, and clubs and laughing together maskless. Yet my five kids spend all day today 
eight hours in masks in Fairfax County Public Schools. My first grader has never been inside his school without a mask. He's never had a chance to smile at his friends or hear his teacher's unmuffled voice. And it is outrageous and ridiculous. Today we know that the risks of Omicron for children are minimal. Of course, parents have different assessments about these risks, that's fine. Um, some worry about viruses more than they do the mental health damage that these masks are doing to our kids. And Governor Yunkin respects that. He respects parents' rights to make choices for our children. He gave parents like me the right to mask out of, forced, of your forced masking. Why then, when I went to my friendly local elementary school to exercise that right, did some poor, kind woman have to tell me that my kids were suspended? I know she didn't want to do that. I know that most of the teachers know this is lunacy and cruel to kids. Why are you putting them in this position? Well, she was allowed to speak before her local Politburo, and good for her. What about in Cali Unicornia, where somebody tried to do the same? I would like to, um, I was watching Dr. We Fauci. have to wait. I, oh, it's, this is not part of a I was going to just going to address the speakers at the podium because we have. You also need to have your mask on. Well, I'm speaking though. It's not about speak. You Dr. have to wear Fauci it no matter when you're to, speaking. Dr. Fauci spoke without his mask. In on. this building, we have to wear a mask. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I'm God. also seeing that people aren't wearing them correctly. So we have hands. So at this time, at I'm going home. to adjourn the meeting at 6:02. I love that you hear that sort of thing all the time in this building. You have to wear a mask. What the hell does that mean? So somebody made a rule that this building has to have a mask. Right over there, ain't nobody wearing a mask and everybody's fine. But in this building, somebody declared, somebody with great authority and great wisdom that none of us have, declared that this building, you have to wear a mask. Right. Whatever. The little Hitler in charge of that uh, board meeting. And almost everybody is wearing the masks that don't do anything with Omicron anyway. It's just, it's a weird religious dance of some sort. Right, right. So this was written by a fellow by the name of Alexander Adams. I'm not familiar with his uh, stuff, but uh, I think you'll find it interesting. He opens by talking about any reporting from the Eastern Bloc. Back in the day, the Soviet Empire came across reports of the ills of socialism, uh, failures of enforced equality, rampant laziness, heedless, actually willful incompetence were not the least, tales of railway freight managers meeting quotas by endlessly shuttling goods between destinations without ever unloading the train cars. They wrote of factories meeting targets by manufacturing shoddy items just so the targets were met. Officials who didn't know or care about their work, employees who could not do their jobs, but were never fired in systems that only ran to provide bribes to operatives and meet political uh, commitments. Inefficiency rampant because, unless there was someone senior prepared to endorse force, no one faced consequences. Socialism means a lack of personal responsibility. For the worker, it means not caring if a job is well done. For an official, it means being able to diffuse responsibility for suboptimal decisions. For a teacher, it means teaching to the test and not inculcating a lively, inquiring spirit. For the student, it means learning empty rhetoric and learning that the empty rhetoric is a requirement for everyday life. For the statesman, it means keeping a dysfunctional system dysfunctional enough to maintain his job, etc., etc. You get the idea. The... This guy uses so many great words, but they're like 25-cent words. The abnegation of personal agency is an extension of the leftist belief that problems arise from social conditions. The right believes, on the other hand, that human beings have inherent eradicable flaws and you have to plan around them. The advent of COVIDian authoritarianism saw imposition of socialism by decree. 
Large parts of the world's fifth economy, fifth largest economy, Britain, were closed by the government because of the outbreak of an unremarkable respiratory virus that posed no danger to the majority of the population. And I thought, well, wait a minute now. It's killed many, many people. That's a little dismissive. But in terms of a specific claim, it posed no danger to the majority of the population. Well, that's absolutely true. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Omicron, even with 2,500 deaths a day, which is a lot that we're having every single day, it's less than half a percent of people die from the disease. Mm-hmm. 99.5 plus percent of people don't die from it, which is and amazing. Among certain demographics, virtually nobody yeah, dies from Yeah, it, that's right? including everybody. You, you yeah, factor out the old, and it changes a lot. Once the government announced that it would furlough workers, it had made idle itself, it became clear that the government no longer functioned in an economy that was even ostensibly capitalist. Money would be printed, damn the inflation. Trampling over our freedoms with its clown shoes, the socialist conservative government vowed to act as protector as well as bully. As the government adopted socialism, so have the population taken advantage of the new working culture. And he goes into some detail uh, on a topic that we talked about the other day, which is wherever you have strict rules about if you came into contact with anybody or you were exposed to everybody, you have to stay home for days. Well, in the quasi-socialist Great Britain system that they've imposed now, people were abusing it like crazy. They would claim to be exposed constantly, so they never had to work, and they would never face any repercussions. And it's not a matter of ethical abuse, because ethics are set from above by employers and the ministers. Rules are set up to allow staff to shirk responsibility, diffuse blame, reduce labor, and take maximum private advantage of the public system, mirroring the communist states of old. You figure out how to game the system in a big hurry in communism. That's the most important skill you can develop. Covidian micromanagement of social interaction in public situations also mimics socialism. Rules permitting, and this is where I think he really, really brings it home. Rules permitting restaurant customers not to wear masks while seated, but forcing them to wear masks while standing are, <laughs> are as exquisitely stupid and degrading as anything would have, anyone could have found in Albania or Moscow wow. in 1960. Wow. Ministers decree which food types constitute substantial meals, which decides if a pub can stay open. The purpose of these rules is not to guard or guide. It is to be arbitrary and degrading. Everybody knows they do not work, but they still comply. Public lying is the standard. British newspapers and broadcasters lie to the population like those of ramshackle communist states did. Ooh, that's getting a little close to home there. Are you saying the mainstream media just repeats these nonsensical uh, pronouncements by the government and never questions them? As Theodore Dalrymple notes, in my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, not to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponded to reality, the better. Jack, you've made this point about North Korea more than once. When people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lose once and for all their sense of probity, mm. which What's means moral mean? moral grounding and, and truth, okay. the ability to recognize the truth. This, that fits in with what I opened the show with, which I've said several times over the last couple of months. There's like, my brain is hurting from what's going on. Right. There's, there's something that doesn't fit that's just like driving me nuts. And so... They did that on purpose in communist countries to kind of drive you crazy to where you just kind of like you, you, you get over trying to reason. You just give up. Yes. You just give up the whole idea of why is his bookstore closed, but the ice cream shop is open. I just I won't question that anymore. It's just, Shut it's up just, and get in line. It's just the rules. The rules. Right. Why, why did nobody's wearing a mask there, but they're wearing them there. 
Doesn't matter. You just follow the rules for rules' sake. That's what's going on, and that's why it's making my brain hurt so bad. I think that's a really good summary, yeah. So, uh, bringing it home now. To assent to obvious lies in some small way is to become evil oneself. One standing to resist anything is eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. Wow. as the socialist citizen took up the unlimited opportunities for laziness, corruption, incompetence, selfishness, and all manner of weakness, so he was trapped in a moral mire. One could not in good conscience criticize leaders in the party store, in the ministry, limousine, in the high-class apartment for corruption when corruption was the national lifeblood. Then he mentioned some British uh, politicians who got busted for rule bending, for social distancing rule bending, and, and traveling and not wearing masks. We've all seen that. We gave out the Gavi Awards for uh, hypocrisy during COVID, right? Um, today, we cannot properly condemn these guys when none of us have followed the rules either. Of course, rules are so absurd, arbitrary, and contradictory that it is impossible for anyone to follow them, even if they understood them. As in the police state, everyone is guilty of rule infraction. One is just awaiting arrest. Like in Kafka, laws on equality, hate speech, Internet communication and COVID safety are so dense, vague and contradictory. We are all guilty all the time just by leading normal lives. Every one of us is guilty because in a totalitarian state, everyone must be. Enjoy your paid quarantine, but remember your complicity, citizen. Welcome to the Covidian socialist state. That's the best thing I've ever heard. It's brilliant. Who wrote that? Alexander Adams. I don't know his act, but I'm gonna have to learn it. That was that is fantastic, and it explains the the dissonance in my brain that has been going on for a long time. And um, God, I wonder about my kids growing up with this. I, they fully recognize the 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 arbitrariness and the the foolishness of some of this stuff, and they're growing up in a society where you just okay, people make rules that don't make any sense. I didn't right. have that when I was a kid. I didn't grow up as a kid surrounded by rules that made no sense. No, and I think the reason I get so angry, just speaking for myself, is that I I feel instinctively what Adams is writing about. And, you know, and honestly, I've read enough about it that I recognize it intellectually, too. But I see some of my fellow men out of either hatred for Trump or fear of COVID or whatever tribal thing is going on, aiding and abetting what is way, way, way more important than wearing a mask at a park. It's contributing to this deadening of our ability to say that is wrong. I will not assent to it as a free citizen. Right. They're anesthetizing us. And 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 I, it's incredibly dangerous because all across the country, people are going along with the whole I wear a mask to walk three feet from the door to the booth. Then I take it off. Then I put it back on to walk out and just going along with it, even though everybody knows it makes no sense whatsoever. Well, and I, you know what? I did the same thing myself yesterday and I was talking to my buddy about it and I said, yeah, it's it's utterly idiotic, but I don't want to get the 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 uh, the waiter guy in trouble who had to enforce that. He knew it was crazy. His boss sure. knew it was crazy. Absolutely. We knew it was crazy, but we all went along. Yep. Yep. That's troubling. So I know some of you are screaming at the radio. That's why I don't wear a mask and won't. Thoughts? You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. God dang it. That is a, that is a, that's a chewy thought right there, that whole thing. Yeah, sorry to lay that on you on Friday, but, you know, uh, limber up over the weekend, do some stretches, maybe push-ups, hit the gym, and uh, we'll fight the power on Monday. (laughs) Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, as I mentioned this weekend, a giant winter storm is heading for the East Coast. Uh, but I saw this one tweet from NBC News that, uh, that wasn't super helpful. It said, New York City could see between 2 inches and 20 inches of snow this weekend. Who's making these predictions? Uh, the CDC? Mm, nice. Six feet, three feet, ten days, five days. We don't know. We don't. Yeah, so you'll either be going to work or you'll be buried inside your house. So get ready. So get ready. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, and um, speaking of that sort of thing, and that fabulous editorial we were sharing with you last segment, it is uh, posted or will be within seconds at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to read it. Zap it around to your friends. So we have an illegal off-the-books coffee shop going here in the newsroom that we started a while back. Actually, Alex went and bought a coffee shop, a coffee pot at the thrift store or something. Is that where you got it? Goodwill? Oh, I just brought it from home. Okay. Um, but we should have been making coffee. Now we got a grinder. Now we're just going to start grinding our own beans. I mean, we're getting full-on barista up in here now. <laughs> you going to get a piercing? <laughs> and we're going to start calling out random names. <laughs> Jimmel, Jimmel, your coffee's ready? It's Jack, but yeah, I'll, I'll drink it. <laughs> I have one for a Michael Angelo. Michael <laughs> Angelo, your hot chocolate is ready. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds about right. You would order a hot chocolate if you were at the Starbucks. Yeah, that's you, true. Um... It's a child's drink. The 49ers-Rams game, most expensive ticket prices outside of Super Bowl ever. I think we diagnosed that pretty well earlier. One, you got rivals. Two, you got two of the biggest cities in America. Three, they're close to each other, so the opposing team can fans can show up easily. Most of the time, you're... If it's not a home game for you, you're not going. What are you going to do? You're going to the three connections from Cincinnati to somewhere on the West Coast. No, you have to be hardcore. Uh, SFO to to uh, LAX, for instance, they throw a can of Coke at you and say, "Drink it quick. We're about to land." I mean, yeah. it's such a short flight. So you could actually you could actually go to the game, fly in the morning, go to the game, and be home at night. Don't need a hotel room. Yeah. So so you, yeah, you absolutely could. Yeah. Uh, will it be a sea of red in Los Angeles like it was for the last game of the season where it was basically a home game for the 49ers in Los Angeles? We'll see. L.A. fans are famous for jumping on the bandwagon, which I'm a, which I'm pro, by the way. Oh, I'm pro you're a bandwagon. fake fan. Fake fan. I think that is the most, well, I'm not, I don't want to call people morons. <laughs> I don't understand why you would spend time rooting for a bad team and watching a bad team lose over and over again. I don't understand why you'd spend your life that way. Loyalty. Loyalty to back in the old days where they drafted somebody and he was going to play there for 25 years and he might be a good guy with a lot of talent and he's getting screwed by the system playing for your crappy team. I could see the loyalty then, but now that it, how loyal are they to you? Whether it's the owners or the players, come on. All right. Well, and I have friends, people I care about who answer to this description. So this, if it sounds contemptuous, I don't mean it to be. But they were huge Rams fans. The L.A. Rams. Crazy Legs Hirsch. Uh, what's his face? The, the Dan Fouts. No, he was Chargers. Sorry. Anyway, I don't know many Rams players. I grew up in Chicago. Pat Hayden. <laughs> Pat Hayden. There you go. <laughs> and then when the Rams moved to St. Louis, they stayed Rams fans. Now, I don't know if they're fans of male sheep or the piece of paper that says you have a franchise in the National Football League or whatever. Right. Why the hell would you just stay with that team? I don't get it. Because they have the same colored jersey and uh, a Ram thing on the helmet. Okay. Different owners, right. different players, different everybody. And then they come back to Los Angeles. Different, different town. Yeah. That's fine. 
you know, you got to be yeah, into something. But no, but I, I'm pro Fort Fairweather fan. I get waiting until the team is good and then paying attention makes perfectly good sense to me. And LA's famous for it, so I think there's going to be a raucous crowd at the at the Rams game, rooting for their home team, trying to learn the names of the players. <laughs> uh, do I have time for this? How much time have I got? I go. I don't have time for this. <sighs> now what am I going to do? Dang it, son of a! Um, I didn't want to do more COVID stuff, but this is kind of interesting. New survey, and this sounds right to me. Vaccinated Americans don't like unvaccinated Americans. The unvaccinated don't reciprocate that dislike. Uh, That's been my experience. Vaccinated Americans are contemptuous of the unvaccinated. People that aren't vaccinated, I don't care whether you're vaccinated or not. I never think about it. Never crosses my mind. Do what you want to do. You know, that reminds me, we've uh, reported the stats to you. There's like quadruple the number of lefties who won't date a conservative as vice versa. Or or dislike people because of their political beliefs. There's just something about the, the left these days in America. Just they're angry and hateful. Not everybody. Some of you are great folks. But uh, there's a lot of anger and hate on your side. So if you miss an hour of the show, you can pick it up on the podcast and podcast form at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.